Hi, beautiful people. What is up? It's Ariel. Welcome back to the podcast. As you promised the podcast today, I am very nervous. I feel like normally I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm very excited. But today I'm nervous because this is an episode that is pushing me to honestly just like an uncomfortable place, but in a good way. It's challenging me. And I think in life, like we should always have a little challenge because challenge motivates growth. And when we're not challenged, we're stagnant and no one wants to be stagnant and stay the same place their whole life. So that was my little mini pep talk to myself, if you can't tell. Um, Today, we're going to be talking all about body issues. We're going to be talking about from my own personal perspective slash struggles, um, my story with body confidence and body dysmorphia and everything, and then also my current like life lessons and realizations I've learned over the past few years of recovering from that and like where I am now. Just a little warning, I know this is a very sensitive topic. It is for me, and I know it can be for so many other people as well. So this is a little warning that if anything about this topic or this area in general is triggering for you, I just ask that you really listen with precaution or you just don't listen at all, I will not be mad. I will not be sad if you don't listen to this episode. I totally understand and I totally get it. It's a very like sensitive topic and I understand that like people react differently slash can be triggered by it, especially if they're in recovery or they're currently going through it right now. Second thing I also want to add is I hope you guys bear with me through this episode. I hope I can speak well and I hope that I can really just give God the glory in all this and also like make you guys feel like you're not alone. I think that's my main reason for recording this episode is because I remember going through the like toughest time with this, especially when I was in the peak of it. And I didn't really tell anyone. And I felt like I was so isolated and alone in that. And I think because I felt so isolated and alone, that's why I felt defeated for such a long time. And so I'm kind of doing this just as a way to also be like, hey, if you're going through this, or if you have gone through this, or if this is something that you're relapsing in, you're not alone, and I'm here for you, and I really just advise you that if you're going through these struggles right now, or if you're just dealing with any type of negative thoughts or eating patterns or living patterns, please, please, please reach out to your loved ones and your trusted ones and get some counsel, get some help, um, get some wisdom, get some advice, and make positive changes to your life to help yourself and your body. Don't be isolated with this. Do not stay alone. The enemy wants to divide us and have us go through things alone because it's harder to conquer things and it's harder to have strength in things when you're isolated and you're taking all like the bullet wounds by yourself. But, you know, if you have people around you and you have people protecting and watching out and caring for you, it's easier to overcome these obstacles and it's easier to get help and be free from this. But the hardest part, honestly, the hardest part is the vulnerability and transparency and being like, this is where I am and I need help and I'm struggling with this. So those are my two things I want to say before diving into the episode. And with that all said, let's just go ahead and get started. So I figured the best way for me to start talking about this is give you a little bit of a background into me and my story with body image. So growing up, I was, or I am, I don't know why I said was, but I am a twin. I am actually a fraternal twin. And I do get questions all the time about this. It's so funny. People always ask, 
are you guys identical? And he's a boy, so it's like impossible for us to be identical. Um, but growing up, I was very small and I was very petite. I think it's because my mom is very petite and both of my parents are like pretty skinny people naturally and they have very high metabolisms. But I also think too, as very small just growing up because I am a twin and also because we were premature twins. So I was like the tiny kid in the class. I remember when we used to line up in elementary school, I would always be at the end. It'd be me, my brother, and this kid named Calvin. And we were all the three shortest kids all throughout elementary school. And so I never really like worried about weight gain or anything. The only thing I really worried about was like growing taller when I was in elementary school. I was a pretty late bloomer. For example, I think you're supposed to be six when you lose your first baby tooth, but I didn't lose my baby teeth until I was like in third or fourth grade. And that is like about three years after you're supposed to. So when puberty came around and everyone all of a sudden was just going through puberty and all my friends were like turning into women, I was like, what is going on because I looked like a little itty bitty shrimp and I was still very small and very skinny. So I think I first started to really realize like, what is, what is this? And started to compare myself entering middle school when everyone started to change and I didn't. But then a few years later, I kind of caught on to the puberty train and then it flipped from that comparison of like, what are you going through? And I'm not to, uh, I don't look like that and I feel awkward and I don't look that good and this is just not the greatest. Um, So I started to gain weight as one does in puberty, but I didn't gain weight in like the desirable places. I just felt like I was gaining weight in the wrong places, like my arms, my legs, or like my stomach or my thighs and I was like, what is going on here? And I remember when I was like 13 or 12 or however I was in middle school and I would look into the mirror I would feel so like just disproportionate and awkward and I would just feel like a walrus and it's so funny that I remember thinking like that because now from you know eight years nine years in the future I look back at pictures and I'm like what was I even talking about I looked like a normal healthy 12 slash 13 year old girl And so it's just funny to have that perspective looking back now because I'm like, oh my gosh, this was so much in my head and this was so much something that I really just put on myself and I really just had body dysmorphia from a young age. Um, So while I was going through this, this little middle school phase, I really started to see myself as fat or chubby or like overweight, even though I clearly wasn't, Um, but I was like, my body doesn't look right and I'm gaining weight in places that I shouldn't and so I need to change that. And I remember that I was like, I need to control this and the way that I decided to control it was just to stop really eating. So my mom used to pack me lunch every day and I remember I would only eat like a little bit of the lunch, maybe like a third or a fourth of the lunch and then the rest of it every day I would throw in the trash. Or like at dinner... I would eat some food and I'd be like, hey, can I go to the bathroom? And then I would spit my food out and ball it up in toilet paper and flush it down the toilet. Um, And I didn't really get into bulimia until later, but this was definitely like the pre-existing stages of anorexia and just like not eating and purposely um, skipping meals and limiting my calories in order to just kind of lose weight and see a difference in my body. So here's the thing about 
human bodies. And I honestly think the human body is one of the like biggest miracles ever made. I think our bodies are just so like cool and crazy and unique. And, you know, God really just did a work of art when he created us. And I'm so grateful that he did. Um, but the thing about our bodies is that like when God created us, he made our bodies in a way that we need fuel, we need energy and that energy comes from food. So we eat for a purpose, you know, we eat to feed our bodies, we eat to give ourselves energy and we, we do that so we can function in life and like be healthy and just live. Um, and so for me, the thing is, if you're not eating, like you get hungry, right? So (laughs) I would go through these cycles of not eating and then all of a sudden I would get very hungry because I just haven't been eating for the past few days. And then because of that, I would have these like uncontrollable urges of like, oh my gosh, I need to eat this. Or like, I crave this so much right now. And I would go downstairs really late at night and I would just eat a ton of stuff, but it was never anything healthy. It was always like carbs and cookies and sweets and things that were just like craving satisfiers, um, very like fatty, unhealthy foods. And so I started to get in the cycle of like not eating for days and then binge eating and like filling up the calories that I was missing. Um, so this would continue. And this also started a big pattern of guilt and shame associated with food. I felt like very guilty and shameful of when I didn't eat. And then I also felt very guilty and shameful of when I did eat. And then I learned about like bulimia and I learned that I can pretty much get rid of these calories by like forcing myself to throw up. So then I started to add that into the mix. And so you can see like how quickly I got into this unhealthy cycle of anorexia, binge eating and bulimia. And because of this, A, I was never really happy with my body. Like I either had no food in my system and I felt skinny, but I felt miserable. B, I was very hungry to the point of where I would binge eat and eat all this food. And then I was like, okay, well, at least my stomach is happy, but I'm not happy and I look gross. In my mind, I thought I looked gross. I just, you know, didn't <laughs> didn't feel proud of myself in those moments. Or C, I was at the lowest point where nothing in me was happy and I wanted to erase what I just ate and just did and I was in the bathroom. Um, and so... I basically struggled with this for a very, very long time all throughout middle school and the first half of high school. I never really talked about this with anyone and I kept it to myself for the longest time. Um, But I, I know that like my mom was aware and I think it's so funny how, especially if you have believing parents, how like the Holy Spirit tells your parents stuff. Cause I remember um, when I was, I think, I think it was my sophomore year of high school and I said to my mom, I was like, did you know that I used to like not eat your food and throw it out and do all that stuff back in elementary school? And she was like, yeah, I knew for a while. And I was like, okay. And I remember I asked her a few years later after that and she just said like it was the Holy Spirit. And I firmly believe that because I was a very sneaky kid and I got away with a lot, Um, but I'm glad I didn't really get away with that. So that was me dealing with that eating disorder. On top of that, I also really struggled with body dysmorphia. I've struggled with that like pretty much my entire life ever since I was a little little girl um, and even up till now. And then on top of that too, I also struggled a lot with self-confidence. 
I like never thought of myself as pretty and I never thought of myself as beautiful or anything in that regard for the longest time. And I remember the first time someone told me that I was pretty, like, this is how you know, (laughs) girls, you know, like, this is how you know you grew up not thinking that way when you can remember the exact time someone called you pretty for the first time because it literally shook my world I was like what are you are you talking to me and it was when I was 12 years old I was waiting in line at the movie theater with my brothers and my dad and it was at my like very awkward stage at the start start of it I was um it was during summer so I was wearing like a tank top and shorts and I just felt so like ooh, like my arms and legs are out. And I remember this lady like said to me, she's like, you are so pretty. And I like looked at her and I was like, what? (laughs) And she was like, yeah, you're really pretty. And I was just like, oh, okay. And that's how I responded because I was like, I've never heard this before. And that makes me really sad for my 12 year old self. I just want to give her like a big squeeze, but Um, and like, I can remember the the next time after that, someone told me I was really pretty. It was when I was 14 in high school and it was like, after I kind of went through like the worst part of puberty and I was starting to look more like myself. And I remember this girl said to me at a football game, she's like, oh my gosh, you're really pretty. And I just like looked at her too. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it was just like shocking to me because I, for so long from when I was 12 up until like I was 16, I didn't feel that way and I never thought of myself in that way. And so hearing just two people say that like shocked me to my core. And it also makes me so sad now hearing that um, and remembering that. But it was the truth. So that was like the beginnings of my uh, eating disorder and my body dysmorphia. Um, It continued throughout high school. Like when I was in high school and I think I was 16 and I had like an iPhone, I started to do calorie counting as well. And that also fed into my anorexia. I had like the My Body app or like, I think it's called like My Fitness app or whatever it's called. Whatever it is, don't get it. It is so bad for your mindset. And I remember I would plug in my calories every single day. And I had a set amount of calories that I was like, okay, this is how much I can eat. And I remember if I would go over that calorie limit, I would work out until I lose amount of calories to be like under that limit or on that limit if I was having a tired day. And I would only do cardio growing up. I never did any strength or anything just because I wanted to stay skinny and I wanted to stay small and I just wanted to lose weight and be skinny forever. And then another thing that I did as well which is so bad, is I started a vegan diet, not because of um, the animals or because of health, but just because I knew that if you were vegan, you lose weight really fast. And I did lose weight really fast. I think when I was on a vegan diet, that was the smallest I was in a very long time. Um, I think my weight was like 15 pounds under what I am now. And I am like right now a pretty like small person. That's just how my build is naturally. So I was like very underweight looking and I was very like skinny, sickly looking when I was a vegan. And my doctor actually said something to me when I went for my appointment and she was like, you need to get off this diet because you're too small. So now that we're done with all the pre stuff, the question is like, what changed? And this is my answer, and I'm sure a lot of you guys are rolling your eyes or just being like, what are you talking about? But it is the truth, and it is Jesus. When I wrote a blog post about this a few years ago, I said that at that time, two years ago when I was talking about this, and I still stand by that today. The answer is Jesus. It is my honest answer. It's my honest solution, and it is my honest truth. 
I became a believer when I was 13 and it changed my life. I became a believer when I was at the peak of all my struggles. I was dealing with my eating disorder full-fledged. Um, I didn't really have any good friends slash I felt like I was alone and I was also struggling with anxiety at that time. And I remember when I heard about the gospel for the first time and it clicked in my mind, it was like literally finding a cure to cancer. And I, I remember like the way that I was, I knew I was searching for something for so long and then I finally found it was like just an incredible joy and a relief. And that is really when my life started to like kick around and change in so many different ways. I just grew up for the longest time like thinking that God made major mistakes when it came to like creating me. I thought that, you know, he did me dirty and he did me wrong with the way I looked and my body and everything. And when I heard the gospel, the way that it was presented to me was by this Ecuadorian missionary named Julian. And he put this little like crumpled, crushed piece of paper in his hand. And he was like, this crushed, broken, battered, like ugly piece of paper is us. And then he took his fist and he closed it around it. And he's like, and this hand is God. And there's nothing that is stopping God from protecting you and holding you and taking care of you, no matter how battered and broken and just like trash you feel. And he also said too, like God has you in the palm of his hands, whether or not you want to admit and accept it. And he loves and he cares for you and he desires like a relationship with you and God is perfect, so he doesn't make mistakes. He didn't make a mistake in creating you. He didn't make a mistake in creating me. Um, And so he shared this, like, beautiful love story, the gospel with me. And he told me, like, that God loved me so much, he sent his son Jesus to die for me. And because Jesus, out of obedience for God, died for me, you know, I was able to... I was able to have a place where I could be released from all like these things I was carrying so much with me at 13 years old. And I was like, this is what I want. And I never, ever, ever thought that someone as perfect or as holy or powerful as Jesus would want anything to do with me, this little like scrubby 13 year old girl, but he did and he does and he wants that with you. And so I, I like learned about the Bible really. I grew up as, as a Christian, but I never read the Bible. I, you know, just went to Sunday school. So I knew all the stories, but I never actually like read what was in there or I knew like Awana verses, but never really like content. And I started like reading this Bible and I'm like, this is like a big, like love letter from God to us, his church. And it's a big like love story about how much God loves us. And because of that, he sent Jesus and how much Jesus loves God because of that out of obedience, he died for us. And so like, for example, one of the verses that has changed my mindset was Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Jesus Christ to do good works with God prepared in advance for us to do. And then another one, Song of Solomon, um, you are altogether beautiful, my darling. There is no flaw in you. So like me sharing this isn't me being like, okay, I heard the gospel and then all of a sudden magical fairy dust sprinkled on me and I did a twirl and I just 
started seeing myself as this beautiful supermodel who God created. And I had no eating disorder problems at all. I had no body problems at all. And everything was like peaches and rainbows. That is not the truth. And I feel like a lot of times when people hear the gospel, they think it's the truth. They think that whatever they're dealing with the next day is going to be canceled or returned back to wherever it came from. And you're going to become a perfect, beautiful, wonderful human being with no issues at all. And that, my friend, is a lie. I'm sorry about it, but it's a lie. Becoming a believer and having a relationship with Jesus doesn't miraculously fix all your problems. What it does, though, is it changes your perspective and allows you to see things from an eternal perspective, meaning that you know that the things that you're going through right now, A, are temporary, and also B, it gives you a perspective that you are not alone, that you are loved, and that whatever you're enduring, like, Jesus has gone through so much more and he's also going through it with you right now. So he understands completely how you feel and what you're dealing with. And more than it too, it gave me something that I needed at that time, which was hope. And it was also faith. I feel like a lot of people say that Christianity is a religion and I am not religious. I am faithful. I am faithful in that I believe that Jesus died for me and he died for you. And I'm faithful in that he loves us and that he wants a relationship with us, and that he doesn't want us to view ourselves in the way that I was viewing myself, or maybe you're viewing you. So let's talk more about into like the nitty-gritty of some things that helped me specifically. One of the things that helped me is I did do counseling. Um, I went through, like I think, a two years of on-and-off counseling sessions with a Christian counselor, and that was something that helped me so much. I think... I'm so grateful, honestly, not even I think, I know I'm so grateful to have the mom that I do because um, her own family had a lot of like mental health struggles growing up and she is a doctor. So she's like, okay, a lot of that could be genetic as well. And so growing up, she always stressed mental health just as much as physical health and making sure your mind is in the correct place and your thinking is in the correct place and you know you don't have any chemical imbalances and stuff and I'm so grateful to have a mom who like allowed me to make sure mentally and emotionally I was okay just as much as I was physically because I think a lot of times too mental and emotional pain are harder than physical just like my whole body issue thing was a mental emotional thing it wasn't even really about my body it was more about inwardly in my mind that was the struggle and so counseling really helped me with that I think going to counseling helped shift my mindset and change it and the way I was looking at things because I feel like a lot of times in life, even like now in my 20s, there'll be times where I catch myself looking at a situation and I'm like, I am looking at this from like a very small section of what it really is and my gaze is also very narrow and stubborn and I'm refusing to see the bigger picture. And so with counseling, it's nice to have someone who is a trusted person who can like open up your mind and change your mindset and be like, okay, but look at it from this way, or this is another perspective, or like, this is the truth. And this is what the reality in the situation is. Um, and so I went to counseling and that was something that was really great. And it was also really hard, but it was really great. Um, some other things that helped me too, is that I started to have a community of people around me. Like I said, in the beginning of the episode, 
one of the hardest things about going through that time was that I felt alone slash I made myself alone. I didn't ever really want to talk about my struggles with body dysmorphia um, and my eating disorder and self-confidence because I was like, if I open up about this and I say like, I think I'm ugly and I think I am chubby and I hate myself, my fear was people would look at me and be like, yeah, you're right. Or like, I agree, you are. And so that fear for the longest time kept me away from just having community and having people, prayer warriors besides me, having counselors beside me, having my parents beside me, having my friends beside me. And the second like I opened up and I talked about that, I freed myself from that bondage and from that mental slavery of me being like, I am alone and I have to go through this by myself. That is the biggest lie and that is the most isolating slash lonely thing to think. And if you think that right now, this is me telling you that that is a complete lie and that is wrong and that there are people who care and love you and want to be there for you. You just have to allow them and you have to include them so they know how to love and care for you. I'm also going to be honest too and tell you that it's really hard and it's also it feels really embarrassing. Like you feel like you're naked in front of people when you talk about some of these things, but it's something that's important and needs to happen. And I'm a firm believer in that. And I'm a firm believer in having like a community around me of loved friends, family, and counselors and peers is what really helped me recover and be able to talk about this today. So some other things I did as well is I stopped counting calories. I stopped looking at food as numbers that would make me like win slash lose. And I looked at more as fuel. And I also looked at it as a blessing from the Lord. I think another thing that really changed my mindset and helped me with this was my experience that I had in Ecuador. So like I earlier said, I became a Christian when I was 13 years old because of an Ecuadorian missionary. Well, the way that I met him was a few a few months actually before that. My family and I went overseas for the first time as a family to Ecuador. We visited these missionaries in the Amazon jungle and this was before I was a Christian and it was just a really monumental time in my life because it was the first time that I really, A, started to understand my privilege that I had and I still have to this day, just growing up in the United States and having food and having a roof over my head, having an education, having a family. And also B, it was the first time that I firsthand experienced the joy of the Lord and I saw it in these Ecuadorian children and these missionaries and these adults. I was like, just so perplexed. I remember seeing all these children be so happy with virtually nothing versus me over here with virtually everything being the most unhappy I've ever been in my entire life. And I think going overseas too and going to these orphanages and seeing these kids struggle for like just basic human things, you know, food, love, shelter, um, made me realize that I'm privileged to just want to not eat. I'm privileged to even be worried about my weight. You know, I could be worried about so many other things. Like I could be worried about whether or not I have enough food to live. I could be worried about if I have a place to sleep. I could be worried about if my parents are going to die from some deadly disease that I can't cure and the doctors here can't cure, you know, but instead I'm so blessed and privileged that I can worry about whether or not 
I choose to eat my meal today or whether or not I can fit into my jeans today. I feel like Ecuador was a perspective shifting moment in my life and there were also a lot of other perspective shifting moments in my life too where the Lord really just started to work on my heart and change my mindset when it came to the human body and to myself and he just starts giving me truth and I think that's also the really beautiful thing about becoming a Christian too is that like he changes and teaches you and you start to like understand what Jesus in the Bible is all about. One of the things that I remember my counselor asked me is what do you want your legacy to be? And I remember I was like, um, what do you mean? And she was like, when you die, how do you want people to remember you? And I said, I was like, oh, I want people to remember that like I was really loving and really kind and funny. Um, I want people to remember that I like loved my friends and family well, and I was creative, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so she said that. And so she was like, so you don't really want to be remembered for just your face or just your body. I don't think I even said like a physical attribute when I told her that. And I was like, no. And, you know, then it kind of hit me of like, what do I want my legacy to be? Or what do we want our legacy to be? I personally don't want to be remembered for my face or my body. I don't want to be known for this outward shell or my surface appearance. I want to be known for how I treat and love people. I want to be known for like my characteristics and for my heart. And also I feel like that's how people love other people as well. Like I personally have never heard anyone say like, I love Chelsea because she has beautiful hair and a size two waist and she always has the prettiest designer outfits. But I've I've never heard that. I have heard though people say like, I love Chelsea because she's so sweet. She takes the time to serve others and she has um, a genuine spirit that gets in to, that makes an effort to get to know people. And so I realized that it's really not your physical attributes and it's not your appearance that matters. It's your actions. It's your characteristics. And just as I don't want to be loved based off of my appearance and solely that, you know, why should I really only love myself based off of my physical appearance? Another question to ask yourself is, do you want to be loved just based off your physical appearance? The answer is no. If you had a boyfriend who was just like, babe, you're hot, and that was the only thing he ever said about you, and he never even got to know you or your personality, he was just like, you're nice to look at, that'd be the worst relationship ever. And it is the same way with this whole body thing. We are more than just our appearance, and we are more than like the skin and bones that make up us. I always just think about this one verse in 1 Samuel 16, 7, which is, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height for I've rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things that people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. That verse itself is just like a truth bomb. It is so, so good. If the creator of the universe is not judging at us from our outward appearance, but at our heart, then we should do the same as him because God knows best. I think another thing to think about too, kind of going off of that is like the human body is something that's, that's more 
than just something to be admired. Your body wasn't made just to be something to sit on a shelf and just to be looked at. It's made for so many different purposes. It's made to work. It's made to run. It's made to laugh. It's made to go to the grocery store to hold your kids. For us women, it is made to birth literal children And that is the craziest slash scariest thing I've ever heard, but that is a miracle. I genuinely think that childbirth and being able to form and hold a body, a human body in your own body is a miracle. And that's something that we take for granted every day. Like that is some powerful stuff. Just the way that I'm able to wake up in the morning and use my legs to walk upstairs or use my arms to open doors and hug people or even use my mouth to talk right now. That is some powerful, powerful stuff. And that's a miracle. Um, I remember like when I first entered college, I gained the freshman 15 and I freaked out. I was like starting to, my mind was really starting to relapse on all my body dysmorphia and my everything I was struggling with. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm gaining weight. Like I am, you know, just look terrible. I feel terrible, X, Y, Z. And then I realized that like, my body as an 18 year old, A, wasn't going to be my body when I was 13. And it's not going to be my body when I'm 16. And the same thing it is now. Weight gain, weight change, and your body developing is normal. And in fact, it's healthy. There's a reason why pregnant women gain weight because they need to feed their babies. And like, there's a reason why for women, like around your stomach, you have a little bit of like a soft pudge because you need to protect your internal organs. There's a reason why we are designed the way we are designed. And that's a beautiful thing. I remember in college when I first started, I was just so scared of not being a size two. And that was the most unrealistic expectation because I'm never ever going to look the same throughout my entire life. Another thing too that I started to realize is how much body standards have impacted my mindset and changed how I was determining beauty. I remember I listened to this sermon from one of my mentors once at church and she was talking about this and she was like, I don't know who the heck defined these beauty standards, but they are dumb and they created unrealistic beauty standards that really no one can meet. And I remember hearing that and I was like, that is so true. I don't know who decided what's beautiful in society and I don't know why they did it, but like one of my favorite things I've ever heard is that only the creator can define his creation. It's so profound truth though, because when God made us, he made us fearfully and wonderfully made and God also doesn't make mistakes. And so he made us all the way that we look for a reason and for a purpose. And so for us, the creation to be laughing or mocking the creator and being like, you messed up and you did this wrong. That's just like incorrect. And that's not even valid because who are we to define and judge the creation when we're not the ones who made it? You know, it's if I painted a little blob on a piece of paper and I was like, this is a blueberry. And then I showed my friend and they're like, no, 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 that is a car. In that situation, who's right? It's me because I'm a creator and I painted it and I had the intent behind it and I know truly what it is and what it's supposed to be. And so that being said, the beauty standards that we have right now are invalid because God didn't define beauty. God didn't say only girls who look like this and only guys who look like this are beautiful. He said, I love you all and you're all beautiful and you're all wonderfully and fearfully made and I value you and I treasure you and I love you. And that is the truth and that's coming from the creator. And also guys, 
Beauty standards are impossible, impossible to meet because they're consistently changing. Like growing up in the early 2000s, I remember the beauty standard were very skinny girls and also like eyebrows were very thin, hair was very straight, um, and like no curves at all were the beauty standard. Versus in 2015 with like the Kardashians and that type of body type, all of a sudden the beauty standard is like, no, you should be slim, but you should also be curvy in the right places. But also big eyebrows are in because of Lily Collins. And so like literally in just a 10 year gap, the standard completely changed to a different type and it will continue to change again and again and again. And so if you keep on defining yourself by this continually changing standard, you're never going to match up. You're never going to feel beautiful and you're always going to feel unattractive and you're just not going to feel great about yourself. And so that's what happens when we allow the world to define our beauty and our, our beauty to define our worth. And more than that, you guys, I think that beauty is also formed on the inside. I know a lot of physically attractive people who are not kind people and they're no longer beautiful to me versus I know people who by society standards wouldn't be deemed as like the most beautiful girl in the room, but because of their heart and because of the way they love and treat people, that's what makes them pretty and that's what makes them so beautiful to me. Another thing kind of going off of that is social media. I feel like social media, especially in the last few years, has really just defined and shaped like the fashion and beauty industry and also the way that a lot of girls dress and see themselves and guys too, especially in the past few years. I have worked in youth ministry for the past few years and I am always astounded by how old some of these girls look or how they dress because when I was in middle school and high school, like social media was a thing, but it wasn't a very big thing. And it wasn't to the point of like how it is now where we have like these influencers and everything. And we have like these, you know, girls overnight become celebrities and all these trends constantly changing. And so I look back at my outfits and I cringe and I'm like, ew, that is so ugly. Like, why are you wearing a monkey necklace, Ariel? And like, why are you wearing like sparkly pajama pants out in public? But I'm also grateful that I did wear that because it kind of shows that at that time, like societal pressure from social media wasn't as a relevant thing as it is now versus when I look out in a crowd of 13 and 14 year old girls, they all look like they're 16 and 18 and they're all dressed in a certain way. They all look in a certain way. And it kind of makes me sad because I'm like, your awkward years are an important part of your life because that's the time you get to be weird and awkward and wear ugly at clothes and you don't have to care about what people think. And I think earlier and earlier and earlier girls and guys are starting to care more about what people think and starting to become more of what society deems is acceptable versus like how they individually are by themselves i also think too social media has for some reason really just been like allowing and pushing this idea of like it is okay to face tune your photos and it is okay to retouch your body And I remember the first time I saw an ad, like the difference from a retouched ad and unretouched ad, and it was in a TED talk from model. I'll have it in the notes. It's actually a very good talk. And I realized I'm like, this is all an illusion. All media is an illusion. And then I came into school and I started working with media and I learned firsthand from working on it myself that no matter what the video is, what the image is, what the message, what the podcast or whatever it is, it's still from an angle and it's still not reality through social media and through the internet. 
social media really is just all an illusion. I think the reason why so many of us struggle with self-confidence and body image issues is just because of stuff we see online or in advertisements or things that like we've read that have sticked in our head and we're like, oh, this is what it needs to be or this is what society deems is important or valued. Um, but like, it's always so important to remind yourself that it's truly all an illusion and it's all from a narrow perspective and also a narrow time and place. And with a photograph, there is like 7,000 different ways to edit and manipulate it to the point of where it's not even the same photograph that was taken. And another thing too is like, I don't post social media pictures on my worst days. I post pictures on my best days. You're not going to catch me on Instagram posting with no makeup on, pimple cream on my face, and me like lying in my bed on my period. But you will catch me on Instagram, you know, full glam, cute outfit, beautiful location with my best friends that's going to be edited and going to be posted on Instagram with a filter on. So the next time you're looking at all this stuff on the internet and you're like, oh my gosh, she is perfect or he is perfect and I want to look like him or be like him. Just know you don't know the full story and also you don't even know the full person because technology, you guys, is scarily good and you can do anything with Photoshop and you can do anything with Lightroom. And I think it's also really cool to think that like some of these girls that we idolize on social media, like the Kardashians or like supermodels or like Giselle Bunchkin, they have their days. I guarantee and promise you when they wake up and they're like, ew, I have a pimple on my face and I feel bloated and I feel disgusting and I just want to lie in bed and cry. I think the last thing that I want to touch on for one of the things I've learned mindset-wise to help me with all this body struggles is that comparison kills. Comparison kills is one of my favorite quotes. Two words, very simple to remember and easy. And it is so truthful though. I think that when we look at someone else and we desire their life or we desire something about them, we're always going to feel incomplete and we're always going to feel like we don't measure up because the truth is we don't. And that is a completely separate person with his slash her own life, his slash her own thing. And we're never going to be able to have what they have because it's theirs and we're us. And so I think it's so funny that we're like, oh my gosh, you know, like, I compare myself to this person and then we think it's going to work out. <laughs> um, and I, I also think it's funny too how we all like want to be like each other. But in reality, if we all are like each other, we would just be a little boring clones and the world would be so dull and bland and boring. And the features that you hate about yourself and that you compare yourself and you wish you don't have, I promise you that those are the features that other people love and make you unique and make you different and make you beautiful. And those are things that you should be appreciated. I think it's so important to remember that comparison truly does kill. It kills joy and it's truly the thief of joy. And you need to stop looking at other people and coveting what they have and start focusing on yourself and telling yourself like, God made me beautiful. God made me me for a reason. He does not make mistakes. I am who I am and that's wonderful. I need to stop trying to look like someone else, trying to be someone else and trying to live their life because I will never feel satisfied doing that and I will never feel beautiful from doing that. I will just continually be wanting to change or keep up with this other person. This is something that I like do whenever sometimes I'm feeling like a little down. It's like a mental thing, I, a little game I play. And I've also done this with my friends too before, but I think 
that we need to learn to compliment ourselves. It's so hard to compliment yourself. It is so easy to nitpick and pick on things about yourself. And I think this is something, the last thing I'm going to mention that I do sometimes that really is like a great thing um, where I, am I, if I'm feeling sad about something or I'm feeling like just like I am not having a great body day or I'm feeling, you know, um, not the best about my appearance, I will think of two compliments for myself. Number one is a physical attribute and then number two is a characteristic or personality attribute. So for example, one of the things I like about myself is my smile. I really like my smile because I have a little dimple on the side of my face and I just really like my dimple. I like like when I smile, my face completely changes and I look like a nice person because I think when I'm not smiling, I look kind of mean since I have like an RBF. Um, And so that's something that I'll compliment myself on. Another thing I like about myself personality wise is I really love my work ethic. I have a really strong work ethic and I'm very ambitious and hardworking. And I think that's a really cool about myself. And that's something I really admire. And I challenge you at the end of this episode to do that for yourself. And then also to write it down and put it on a sticky note and then put it on your mirror. So every morning when you get up in the morning and you look at yourself or every night when you're getting ready for bed and you look at yourself and you're about to say something unkind or think something unkind about yourself, you can read and see something that is good, both physically and personality about yourself and feel encouraged by that. So that is pretty much my whole spiel on my own body struggles, my own self-confidence, and some of the ways that I have worked through it slash am working through it. I just want to close this up by saying that dealing with this type of stuff, self-confidence, body issues, and everything is a continual thing. Right now, I am in a really, really great place with it. I feel like I wake up most days and I don't have those harmful thoughts anymore. I live a pretty healthy lifestyle and I have a great relationship with food and my body, but I also do have those days and I do have those times where I still struggle with my weight and I still struggle with my appearance and I still struggle with all those things I've struggled with before. It might not be to the same like detrimental degree of when I was 13, but I do sometimes have recurring struggles. I do have recurring days where I'm like, this is really hard. And it's really hard for me to appreciate and love myself today and look at myself at the way that God looks at me. And so I just say that, um, to just, you know, encourage you guys that this is why it's so important. Number one, to know truth and to know what God says about you and how he loves you. So when you're going through those things, you can remind yourself like this is the reality and I am loved and I am beautiful. And this is also why it's so important to have community around you that when you are like relapsing and struggling again, you have someone to be like, hey, I'm going through this and I'm going through it again and it's very hard and I need you to help me through it. And so like our game plan guys is number one, to to first look to the Lord and find our confidence in that. Um, When you find your confidence in Christ, your confidence can never be shaken because it's resting in something eternal that is perfect, that doesn't disappoint. But when you put your confidence in yourself, it will always be shaken because you're putting your confidence in something that is ultimately unfulfilling and temporary. And I think our game plan honestly is like, we're just going to start loving ourselves. We're going to start being grateful for ourselves and for our bodies and our faces. And we're going to be appreciating how we're going to made. 
We're going to seek community, you guys. We're going to seek the Lord. We're going to seek truth and wisdom. And we're going to start viewing ourselves not through our own broken eyes, but through God's beautiful, perfect eyes as the creator and as the father and as the wisest, most holy, most powerful person in the entire universe. And also we are going to stop letting temporary things like weight gain, weight loss, food define our worth and how we feel about ourselves. Um, I'm going to leave you guys with one of my favorite verses, which is I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made Psalms 139 14 and just let you guys know that I love you guys so much and I'm praying for you guys. I completely understand the struggle of it and you know, I have been in the crossfire of the intense struggle. I have been through the recovery. I have been through the relapse and I am also now in a really great place and I'm very happy right now. And so I'm just so grateful for whoever listened to this podcast and like stuck with me through it because it's probably one of the hardest things I've had to record and talk about. And I'm kind of surprised I didn't start crying during it. Um, but I just want to say like truly, 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 if you are struggling with any of this self-confidence, body dysmorphia, or an eating disorder, please seek out and reach help. If you want to talk to me, my DMs are open both on the podcast, Instagram and my own personal Instagram. And I would love to talk to you about this. And, um, I will have down in the notes, anything that I feel like could help. Um, I'll have like a hotline, I'll have some resources and everything, Um, and I really just thank you guys for listening and allowing me to be vulnerable and transparent with you guys today. You guys are beautiful. You're killing it. You are hot and God did an amazing job on you. And I love you guys so much. And with that said, I'll see you guys next week with a new episode.